Today's program was brought to you by New York Wines, reminding you to eat and drink local this Thanksgiving. For more information, visit newyorkwines.org. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway. And uh, uh, there's no denying that this is a very, very disorienting, confusing week for many people just following the election on Tuesday. And um, I just have to say that I found a lot of comfort um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of a soothing, sort of a meditative relaxation from cooking a lot at home. And uh, the last thing I, I wanted to do was order out. For, I know that a lot of people are actually flip-flop, like they're the opposite. The last thing they want to do is cook. It's interesting. So I'm really, really excited to share and uh, talk with um, my guest today. He is an amazing chef, um, the chef for the last 20 years, that is, at Chez Panis in Berkeley, California. Um, it is Cal Peternell. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for joining. Your latest book is called A Recipe for Cooking. Yeah. And um, you're also the author of the 12 Recipes, which came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. So this is sort of the, the follow-up to it. And uh, I really love how your message is all about, you, you know, you're a restaurant chef, so your livelihood is based on restaurant, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, attendance, a t- a oh, whatever, um, you know what I mean, business. Mm-hmm. And um, But you really, really advocate for cooking. And yeah. you try to tell your kids to do that. Why would you do that? It's going to put you out of the business, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, um, I just, I always, even when the customers are coming through the kitchen at Chez Panisse and we always invite them into the kitchen, I'm encouraging them to cook because mm-hmm. I know they're not going to cook at home every night and they're going to still come to Chez Panisse. But um, I just think that, uh, like you said, you know, there can, there's solace to be found in cooking, and it can be uh, a place where you can really get your hands uh, into your work, yeah. and and um, and it's kind of the last place where we um, where we actually make things uh, for most of us. Not many of us are still making our homes or our shoes, uh, but we still can make dinner, and uh, and there's so much satisfaction in that, and being able to share. Both the cooking and the and the eating with uh, your family and friends, I think, can really um, feel like the cure. Yeah, I love how you um, you mentioned that your your oldest son, I believe Henderson. Henderson, or, yeah. Yeah, he um, is an artist. Yeah. But he also, you know, when not creating something on a canvas, is making uh, rolling pasta dough at home as right. well. Yeah, he's really. Um, I guess he's really followed in uh, our foot. My wife, Kathleen Henderson, is an artist. She's here with us. Hi. And, uh, Thanks so much for joining us, too. And uh, <laughs> so he's really, um, he's he's doing both. He's cooking yeah. and he's making art. And uh, I think he I think he does also find that uh, that satisfaction in it. And, you know, if you... If you compare those two things, there's a real immediate um, like feedback loop for cooking that you make something great, you feed it to your friends, you feed it mm-hmm. to 
your family or you feed it to strangers and they're going to tell you right away that was so great. Art making, you don't always get that right away. Mm. Hopefully you get it eventually. But I think that he gets a different kind of, um, you know, he gets a different kind of juju from both of them. Yeah. Uh, do you get that too, Kathleen? Just curious, as an artist yourself. Well, it, it can be really solitary working away in the studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works fine for me. I like those solitary uh, times. Yeah. I think it's it's a little similar in that you're not, you, you're focused on one thing at hand. It's It's creative. It changes, mm-hmm. hopefully. And, and that's your whole philosophy throughout this book, which I really have to say, um, I think it captures a great attitude on cooking that a lot of people, um, whether chefs or, you know, it's obviously, you know, it, this is mostly meant for home cooks. But, yeah. um, you know, you encourage everything from using up leftovers, substituting ingredients, adapting to seasons, adapting to group sizes and so forth, that um, in a way that I, it's really, it shows through in the recipes. You know, sometimes you say, the best fish you can find, yeah, <laughs> you know, in yeah. the ingredient list. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I try to, you know, I, I, th- I find it kind of annoying sometimes when you uh, read a cookbook and there's just too many um, unspecified ingredients and amounts, you know. You can't just say everything to taste. Uh, mm-hmm. I think part of what people come to cookbooks for is to get is to get my expertise, right? Yeah. So I'm, I, I need to tell them guide them at least say here's here's how it tastes best to me hmm. when i put this much salt or this much oil or cook it for this long but you should also find out how it tastes best for you um and you know something i'm trying to do with both of the books is to kind of i, th- I feel like there's a lot of fear around um around cooking people are afraid to that they're going to do it wrong yeah and i i i feel like if you get if you get yourself a good um if you get yourself set with a good pantry uh you get a few of a few essentials and stuff um that that you can and you with with a little bit of planning um you can you can kind of roll along and cook for yourself and through repetition uh you know you get better and it gets easier mm-hmm. and and that kind of fear starts to go away cuz you have little successes of course you learn from your failures but uh, the successes and the and the feedback that you get from people really helps you um, get rid of some of that fear. Yeah, and and that's why I really appreciate your philosophy because I find that it's really hard to get people um, who haven't cooked much before um, away from this mindset that, you know, perfection is, like, it's either perfect or don't even try. Yeah. And, um, you know, this... You know, putting on it, this whole to-do of this big fuss when, whenever they endeavor to cook anything, it's it's hard to get away from until you just try it a few times. Hopefully. Yeah, and I and yeah. also you know, perfect is um, a changing thing, right? It's like what's perfect for one day might not be for the next, and that's you know that's kind of where the the title of this book comes from, uh, a, recipe a recipe for, for cooking, cooking, is um, is that more than just the you know, the onions and the salt and the olive oil go into the, and the other ingredients go into the recipe uh, or are parts of the recipe. There's also, um, you know, how much time you have, your skill level, your access to ingredients, okay. who's coming for dinner, right. who's going to help you clean what up. What time of year it is, maybe? What time All of year it things. is. The weather. How you feel physically, how hungry you are. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I, I think it's important to keep con- keep the sort of cooking within the context of your life and not Mm -hmm. knock it out, which sometimes means you're going to really go for it and, you know, Mm -hmm. spend hours in the kitchen and hopefully that's pleasant for you. 
But then there's other times when that's just the wrong thing to do, and you need to like whip up the, you know, uh, pasta or an omelet or something like that. Is that your go-to's pasta or an omelet? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, pasta is kind of our go-to. We mm-hmm. try and eat a little less pasta because. Uh, Sometimes it makes us feel like we're getting a little fat because maybe we're getting a little fat. I was going to say, uh, you know, yeah. but, um, <laughs> you should stave off the pasta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but we, we love pasta and it is, uh, it is a, you know, it's one of those things that like, even if you didn't go shopping, you yeah. got a package of pasta, maybe you have a can of tomatoes and some olive oil and garlic and you're kind of there. You know. I love that go-to. Yeah, yeah. Me too. And, and who doesn't love it, too? Yeah, everyone so, and, does. And, you, yeah. and that's one of those things you can get in a restaurant, and you'll have this, like, really simple, like, you know, pasta with, like, butter and, like, cheese, and it'll cost, like, $25. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I know, right? When, well, I mean, Sorry. like, our, our sons, uh, I feel, sometimes feel like, you know, we hardly ever will make, like, a separate dish for them, mm-hmm. but... Like we have a 12 year old son now and um, we are always trying to get him to eat what we're eating but once in a while we'll make him that you know instead of having the pasta with like artichokes and anchovies or something that we're having we'll make him a little plate of um, of pasta with just butter and cheese mm-hmm. and it's it, such a treat it you know he's so like good. oh my god okay so you can <laughs> so you. with pasta this gives you the freedom or the adaptability to kind of make personal dishes for people who might not like anchovies and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Right. All right. Let's talk a lot more ideas for easy weeknight meals. More with Kat, Cal Petr, Peter Nell. Sorry. After a quick little commercial break. Okay. Thanksgiving is a great time to support New York farmers, including local wineries. Find great white wines, red wines, and rosés from Long Island, the Hudson River region, the Finger Lakes, and beyond at New York City wine shops and restaurants. This Thanksgiving, New York Wines is proud to partner with Fleischer's Craft Butchery, which supports local farmers raising heritage breed turkeys in New York State. With a healthy dose of ingenuity and a collaborative winemaking culture, the number of wineries in New York has grown exponentially over the last 10 years, as has the quality of the wines they produce. New York is a world-class wine region, offering quality, variety, and value. The perfect trifecta for a bountiful Thanksgiving feast. For information on more than 400 New York wineries, please visit newyorkwines.org. All right, we're back chatting with Chef Cal Petronell, his wife Kathleen Henderson, the artist. And uh, how's how's everything at Chez Panisse right now? You're on a book tour for this cookbook we've been talking about, A Recipe for Cooking. Mm-hmm. And um, you've been a chef there for, for a good number of years. Yeah, for over 20 years. Things are good there. Uh, it's kind of exciting for the cooks and customers to have a um, chef who was the who's there long ago, come back mm-hmm. and kind of help uh, cover for me while I'm gone. Paul, oh, that's nice. Paul Bertoli, okay. uh, who has a really great um, uh, charcuterie business now. Uh, but we got in touch with him and said, you know, you want to come back, you know, put the band back together and like do a couple of gigs. And he said, yeah. So his menus look, you know, they look different and exciting. I mean, they fit within wow. what we do, but um, okay. that's been pretty, pretty great. And, uh, 
Yeah, the season's changing. When I go back, mm-hmm. you know, when I left, we were still, you know, we have that sort of wonderfully long season in uh, California right. where we still had um, nice tomatoes in the end of October. Mm-hmm. And, and now when I go back, the tomatoes are done. The peppers are probably done. But and so all those like ripe, sweet flavors, uh, we're going to have to wait till next year. Mm-hmm. But now there's um, all the wonderful stuff uh, that we have in the winter, all the different radicchios and other chicories mm. and, um, squashes. you know, the squashes, Brassicas. yeah, like the winter squashes and artichokes and soon there'll be cardoons and that the, they kind of allow you to, you know, in the, when you slice up a tomato and it's perfect, you really don't have to, and probably shouldn't do that much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the same goes for, uh, winter produce when it's perfect, but it tends to have, uh, a kind of a stronger flavor of its own. Um, there's a lot of bitter flavors, and it allows you to bring in stronger dressings and maybe put a little bit of pork with the greens. And mm, um, yeah, so that it's that kind of winter comfort that we're looking. I'm forward looking to. forward to that. Yeah, you just got me really hungry. Uh, right. <laughs> so you have a charming story uh, in the beginning of this book about how you got a job at Chez Panisse. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Kathleen, since you're here. Uh, <laughs> You were the catalyst for this. Some, I, yes, I what was. What happened here? So you drove him and you said, go well, ahead. We had a three-year-old at the time, mm-hmm. and I was eight months pregnant. And Cal was a sous chef in San Francisco, and he was okay. coming home every day on the train, just exhausted, dragging himself home. And I thought, yeah. how are we going to do this with a new baby? And I had heard that they were looking for somebody at Chez Panisse, and Cal's like, I can't work there. That's like a legendary place. Mm-hmm. And one morning, I was thinking, well, I can't raise these two kids by myself. Oh, I need wow. a husband back. <laughs> so I drove over to Chez Panisse and parked out front, and he said, you can't park here. It's a yellow curb. And I said, I'm not parking here. <laughs> get out and get a job. Wow. And I kicked him out of the car. And he oh, my in. gosh. <laughs> and then he went and got a job just yeah, like that. I, yeah, I went in. Luckily, I, the first person I saw was someone that I knew, and I said, you know, hey, can I you know, I can I talk about looking. a job? And they said, yeah, why don't you come next Saturday and do a tryout, cook with us. And I did. And I came back and cooked with, uh, cooked with them again on a Saturday. And then they said, uh, as I was leaving, you know, come back next Saturday maybe and make lunch for us. And hmm. I, was, I said, well, like, what do you mean? And they said, well, you know, just like a nice lunch that you, something that you really love. And it'll be for Alice Waters and Lindsay Shear, who's a pastry chef then, and all the other chefs there, which was terrifying, of course. And uh, <laughs> I didn't sleep a lot that week. Um, and Kathleen helped me out a lot with uh, shopping because I was working. And um, nice. I put something together for the, you know, I did my homework. I knew what they liked. Nice. Uh, and I cooked it. They ate it. And they loved it. I even got um, some delicious Santa Rosa plums from a supplier that they didn't seem to know about so I scored wow. some extra points and he started in a week later we had a new baby and uh-huh. he took time off for paternity oh leave. my goodness that, so yeah I knew that I had, kind of place you yeah. know? Wow. I knew I had done the right thing when I told them you know they said okay you're hired and you can start you know August 15th or something and I said well you know my wife is due September 1st or uh, with the baby so if you want you know I'm going to need some time off um so if you want, I can start after that. And they were like, no, it's okay. You can take the time off. You should start now. Uh-huh. That's when I knew. 
I was at the right place. That's amazing. So I love that it was, um, you weren't, you didn't have really the gumption to to get a job at Chez if it weren't for Kathleen's, you know, insistence of being uh, a I'm sometimes a little afraid of change. Yeah. No, but all in the name of, of, uh, I guess, a good work-life balance, which... I think that that's um, such an anomaly here in New York City um, with restaurants. It's very different, of course. Well, mo- and, and most, re- and I mean, a lot of restaurants. Everywhere. Right. Yeah, they have a big turnover. And we're, you know, we're feeling that a little bit more there now. Okay. Things have kind of changed. Um, of course, you probably know the Bay Area has become really expensive to live. And so mm-hmm. it's hard to get cooks who can afford to, to live there on a cook's wages. I mean, we pay good wages, but... It's it's getting more and more expensive by the minute. And um, we have a lot of competition now. There's lots of good restaurants in the Bay Area. Uh, and then the other thing is that the, all, the, all those um, people working at the, in the tech companies, and especially the ones that are leading the tech companies, are looking for private chefs. Okay. Um, and so we do lose some of at our good cooks to headquarters to yeah. private chefs, yeah. either, yeah, at the business or, or at their home. Right. And, you know, they can triple their salary, and it's hard to tell them that it's a bad idea. Uh, but I will say that we have had some who've left to do that and uh, and come back to us, which feels really good. Oh, all right. Because, you know, it's, it's good to... C- for a lot of us, we'd like to work in the group in a collaborative thing and have other people to to bounce your ideas off of and and sort of develop ideas together. And um, those private chef jobs, as good as they can be and as well paid, you're kind of on your own, you know. It's, so and it's a new thing, and and yeah. it definitely is an institution, Japanese, and it's it's a really inspiring one. So yeah, it's it's cool. I hope it'll inspire more. Um, in the years to come. I think it will. It is. Yeah. Awesome. So um, it's almost the end of the year, so I'd like to ask everyone uh, what you're looking forward to, maybe in the world of food policy, maybe on a micro-local level in your community or in your uh, just corner of the world with regards to uh, food developments. Uh, Well, I I mean, even just coming to New York, um, the last time I was here, I haven't been here for over a year, it feels like the the ingredients are better and that oh, cool. um, there's more access to and more awareness of um, really so good saying. ingredients and a variety of So when was the last time you were here in New York then? So for the last book then, I guess? Uh, have I been here since then? Okay. No, I think that was the last okay. time, yeah. All right. Because that's so, when my son was finishing school too, so I was So there's a that. marked difference or improvement, you think? In the last two years, cool. I do think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had some great meals in the few days we've been here. And um, a little more, you know, something I miss when I, whenever I travel is all the salads and vegetables that we get in the Bay Area. Yeah. And uh, I'm starting to see it's it. It's colder here. here. We can't help I it. Know. Uh, we I don't know. have all those tomatoes for no, that long. No, I know. It's true. <laughs> and we are spoiled out there, and I know that. But, um, no, but, but somebody's I, no, doing something. No, because actually, you have a good point. Yeah. yeah. It's changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a ridiculously delicious um radicchio salad today at Via Carota. We had uh, great, uh, really vegetably dishes at um, Untitled. Untitled. Oh, at awesome. the New Whitney, so good. Did you? Uh, and get great to catch dinner up with at Mike at, at Reynard. Yeah. yeah, and oh, we and great. we saw Mike, and he came awesome. out, and even his um, sort of forager, the person who finds oh, their wonderful. ingredients, yeah, they came, came out, out. yeah, great. to talk to us because you know they know that how important that is to us and. So they're kind of bonding on that level. 
Well, a warm welcome to yeah. you, to you both in New York City. And I'm so glad that you could make it on Heritage Radio Network while you're here. Me too. I always come right. here. Uh, and I'll be here for the next book if you have me. All right. Well, cheers to that. Yeah. And I hope you do come out with the next book. But for now, everyone should definitely get on their wish list this holiday, A Recipe for Cooking by Cal Petronell. And, uh, hey, check it out. Also, 12 Recipes. Also a good one. Yeah. All right. Thanks. They look good on the shelf together. <laughs> they do. <Yeah. laughs> nice little pair. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. At Heritage, we'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Thank you. Thank thanks, you. Cap. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Never had no loving like this before